You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition and their new centerfire rifle ammunition terminal ascent. Now, the terminal ascent has a slipstream polymer tip that helps flatten trajectories and initiates low-velocity expansion at longer ranges. The terminal ascent gives you match-grade long-range accuracy in a bonded hunting bullet, and it comes in a variety of cartridges, including the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 28 Nosler, the 7mm Remington Mag 30-06, and the 300 Win Mag. If you want to find more information about the Terminal Ascent, visit federalpremium.com. And while you're there, check out It's Federal Season, the official podcast of Federal Ammunition. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today's episode is sort of part two of gun season. So last week's episode, we talked about sort of how the first two days of season went for us and and how we struggled with the weather, rain on Monday, snow on Tuesday. So this episode is sort of how the second half of season treated us, and I wanted to run through some some data, some stats that uh, the ODNR has released. So now that season is over, hunters, Ohio's hunters harvested 71,650 white-tailed deer during the week-long gun season. Over the last three years, we've checked an average of 65,566 during that same period. So numbers were actually up this year. No thanks to opening day. So on opening day this year, we only checked 10,904 deer the average over the last three years was 17,145 on opening day. So way down opening day. And last year was also down uh, in comparison to the three-year average, but still way higher than than this year. Last year, we checked 15,513 deer during the opener. So the second half of the season made up for a crummy a crummy opening day the other thing i wanted to mention here is they they gave us the the top 10 counties for deer taken uh during gun season so we've got coshocton tuscaroras ashtabula muskingum knox guernsey licking carroll holmes and ashland uh, and coshocton county also led the state in 2019 and then they give us the breakdown on weapons used during gun season. So straight-walled rifles continue to climb. So the straight-walled rifles accounted for 44% of the deer checked. Shotguns were 47%. 6% were taken with a muzzle loader, 2% with archery equipment, and 1% with a handgun. So that's kind of the stats, the data for, for gun season. There's still a lot of season ahead of us, though, so lots more data and and hopefully more deer to be to be had. So with that, I want to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. Monster Whitetail Grub has been a, a longtime sponsor of the show, and for good reason. We've you know we've got a good relationship with them, and they make a good product. Just to be flat out honest. Their, their signature Monster Whitetail Grub Feed is a, is a great product. We've had great success with it. It brings deer in. The coon don't... I mean, the coon will, will certainly get into it, but, but not near... It doesn't seem to be not near as bad as corn. And it just works. So if that's something you want to try, go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors, and you can get in touch with them figure out where you can get some of their stuff they, there might be a retail location near you or you can order it direct from them and uh they'll ship it to you so with that let's get into our episode this week on the second half of gun season 
Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so gun season is over. It's uh, the Monday after gun season, the week-long gun season. And if you listened to last week's episode, <laughs> you, you, I, I, I don't know how to put it. I guess you probably heard us kind of uh, singing our sorrows, licking our wounds, uh, basically griping about how the weather was making, the conditions were was making hunting tough. Um. Second half of gun season, the, you know, some of that snow melted off. There's, you know, still some snow in, in some areas, some parts of the state, even on my drive home from Southern Ohio on, on Wednesday. And, you know, there was areas where it was like, wow, there's basically everything's melted here, but, you know, there was still quite a lot of snow down at the cabin and, and actually still a fair bit of snow back up home, but. Anywho, uh, luck kind of turned around, if, if you will, uh, the second half of, of the week. And so we thought we would kind of recap the second half of the week and, you know, talk about how maybe non-hunting pressure can, you know, can impact your hunt. We've got a couple stories there where, where uh, you know, it wasn't other hunters impacting the results of the hunt, but just other people out and about so with that i didn't hunt after we left the cabin so it's uh jake jeff it's kind of up to you guys (laughs) up to you guys on this one i i you know heard some shooting around my house but we had you know ella's birthday we had that on saturday a gun season and so getting ready for that and just other things around the house I, i didn't do any more hunting so we're uh yeah, Where do speaking you guys of want that, to start? what were you guys thinking, man? Both of you guys, you have you have a kid whose birthday is falls on gun season or very close, and then Jacob's got a kid whose birthday falls very close to muzzleloader. Usually, you guys need well, to plan Jeff, that out. Well, Jeff, I'll tell you, I certainly wasn't thinking about when the baby was going to be born. There was other things on my mind. Well, well, and that's and, your mistake. Ah, priorities, priorities. Some of us uh, don't have the the good fortune of just, you know, getting after it once, and all of a sudden you're you're pregnant. You know, so we tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and had to, you know, basically take what we could get, and it just so happened to. Work out that way. Here's an idea: lie to her and tell her her birthday some other time. I thought about that. I mean, I I just have told Amber that her birthday is not on her birthday because it usually falls, you know, too close to the beginning of gun season. So I just tell her that's that's not your birthday this year. See, the problem is we taught her like. We taught her when her birthday was like very early on, you know, December 9th. We taught her December 9th. <laughs> she was like two saying December 9th. So my hope is that I can just get her into hunting and she would rather go hunting than, you know, we can have a birthday party whenever. I can only deer hunt this week of the, you know, or gun hunt, you know. That's my hope. That's my plan. But. We shall see. But yeah, that's how we ended up there. Well, and not that it was planned this way, but Zach's birthday is Christmas Eve. So it's not really, it just, we'd celebrate it right around muzzleloader because of the fact that it's Christmas Eve. If we actually celebrated it on his birthday, it would not fall on any particular season. Right. Yeah. So, that being said, 
had other things going on, so I didn't hunt. So Jake, Jeff, you guys hunted. And I don't know, you guys just want to run through your stories or, or uh, how do you want to approach this one? Yeah, I mean, I can run through the second half of my week. Um, I guess that's probably the best way to do it. I don't know. So we, I always go down to the cabin. As you know, if you listen to last week's, I was down at the cabin first half of the week. I'm always there at a minimum Sunday through Wednesday morning. Sometimes I go down saturday night or whatever but um hunting gun hunt you know gun season monday tuesday wednesday morning i leave at lunchtime uh that's just i've always done it that way for work reasons and family reasons and whatever so uh because i had a i have a few what i would you know shooter decent shooter bucks up north we'll call it back home um I made it a point that I wanted to make sure I was home Wednesday in time to hunt the evening. Um, in the past, you know, I, I say, oh, I'll leave Wednesday at lunchtime. Well, lunchtime bleeds into the afternoon and I'm usually not home until three, four, five o'clock Wednesday night. Um, but this time I wanted to be sure, you know, I was home by three so I could be in the woods by four to hunt, you know, the last hour, two hours, whatever, hour and a half. Um, I was honestly surprised that you got that approved. Like, you know, I know it's after you've been gone for three days or whatever like that, you know, it's like you come home and it's all hands on deck family time. So I guess kudos to your, your wife for, (laughs) uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah, kudos. She worked that day. My wife works 3am to 3 30 p.m. so she wasn't gonna be home till four anyhow okay so it was like one of those well if, you know fall things go as planned you know I'll, well i guess without jumping ahead in the story um wednesday night i was only gonna shoot one of those shooter bucks does were off the table off limits because of that time schedule um The only way that I got it approved, basically, is I told her I'm not going to shoot anything but one of these big giant bucks. Okay. And the chances of me shooting one of them is pretty slim, you know, so I'll be home by 530, 6 (laughs) o'clock, basically. And if I'm not, it'll be because I shot a big buck and everybody's happy about that. So that was kind of how I got it approved. So, um went out wednesday night um where my property is it's relatively flat as if you've heard before so i had to get elevated uh it's the only way i can safely hunt it for the most part other than one or two areas where like the deer would have to be standing in this exact spot and i'd be in this spot that's the only way to keep it safe um just with layout of the land so my plan was to take my climber and try to find a tree where i could climb that was overlooking you know two different areas where we have cameras up that we've the deer come out in the evenings or whatever um i got there i walked back there there was no good tree but there was an old an old metal ladder stand that i've climbed up in before and thought like, man, this would be a good stand to hunt over this field, but the field's not my property, so I can't hunt over it. Uh, but when I climbed up in that stand, cause I'm like, that's the tree I need to be in the one that stands on. So I climbed up in this stand and sat in it and I could see, uh, the, you know, back onto my property, I had some good shooting lanes where the deer come out and I'm like, well, I'm going to sit here. This will work. So I sat there Wednesday night, uh, long story short. I saw a ton of deer, which was a pleasant change from what we had down at the cabin. Again, if you listened to last week's episode, uh, I was covered up in deer, all does, small bucks. Uh, right at last light, there was a decent buck. I couldn't identify, you know, exactly what it was or wasn't because it was out in the field, but it, never came onto my property. I had in my head made the decision. Like if that deer comes through my tree line onto my property, 
it's nice enough. I'm going to shoot it. Well, it never did. It just walked the tree line down the edge of the field away from me. Um, and 15 minutes after legal shooting light, <laughs> uh, there was a gunshot. So I'm not sure that deer survived. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. But I don't know. I then, <clears throat> excuse me, my neighbor, um, went back and looked and, you know, cause I wasn't entirely sure where the gunshot came from. I was sort of suspicious that they might've been hunting on the edge of my property or the neighbor's property who doesn't allow hunting. Uh, so I messaged the neighbor and he went and looked and found the gut pile and there's snow on the ground. So you can see where the deer was dragged. So he saw the house that was drug up to, and he went and asked them about it. They tried to lie and said, Oh, he didn't shoot. It wasn't us. And he's like, I heard you. Like, I know you shot Just <laughs> It's not, yeah, it's not like you're, you're in the middle of nowhere. Like there's houses around. Right. Right. And the, like you said, there's snow there. It sort of like lays out all the clues for you. Right. So then they, you know, the, the that guy finally was like, oh, it was my nephew who, you know, he made up a I made up a sob story. My nephew, he drives a, you know, drives a truck and he doesn't have time and he's not home. And it was just a doe. And I don't believe it honestly i think he shot that buck but we'll see i don't know we'll see if it ever shows back so up on camera. they th- where they shoot did they shoot the deer on your property it was not on my property no um it they was shot 15 minutes after legal shooting after, light. yeah after legal shooting light and i i didn't go look for the gut pile but the impression i got was that it was probably shot out of the edge of that field which is not the person who shot its property (laughs) Uh uh-huh got Um, it you know i didn't go look myself but that's the impression i got from the neighbor so who knows but that was the only decent buck i saw that night like i said it was right at last light Uh, with the snow on the ground it was plenty light to still shoot 15 minutes after shooting light but it's Mm -hmm. still illegal Um, so that was Wednesday night. And then because I saw all the deer Wednesday night, um, I, I forget what it was now, if it was Thursday. No, I don't think I hunted Thursday. Oh yeah, I did. I hunted Thursday night. Um, because when I went home, my son and daughter were disappointed. I didn't shoot a deer. They wanted me to shoot a deer. So. Thursday night, I went back out and I said, you know, I'm going to shoot one right when they come out. I'll shoot a doe. So I get deer meat, fill the freezer, and then I'll wait. And last light, hopefully, you know, bucks will come out. It'll be enough time between them. Well, that developed into my neighbor, the one who owns or his family owns the ag fields behind my property, uh, decided that from like this is a different neighbor than you one you contacted about yeah 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 Yeah. just to just to clarify with the listeners yeah yeah different neighbor um but from 4 30 to 5 30 basically the last full hour of shooting light he spent um driving his four-wheeler around and hitting trees so at the time you what's that i'm sorry with no sorry no, not hitting it with his four-wheeler. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Driving his four-wheeler around his woods, which holds m- the majority of the deer. They stay in his woodlot because nothing happens in there. There's, It's not hunted. Nobody goes in there to do anything. So the deer like it in there. They got the security in there. Right. Security. Plus, there's a little bit, for it being a flat area, there's a little bit more elevation change in that little woodlot than anywhere else around so they can kind of get down in a little bit of you know a ravine or whatever to get out of the wind or different stuff um so he basically walked through that entire thing of woods and just banged on trees um 
I was obviously upset because it to me it seemed like he was intentionally sabotaging my hunt. Um, you know, after the fact, uh, well, did I guess he know like, you were in there. He did. Yes. Um, he walks his dog in that field every night. Uh, around because he's a he's a school teacher, so he works till four or whatever. Um, and then he he's a he's a gym teacher. So then he, um, walks his dog when he gets home from work and that always falls right around four 30, whatever. That's normal. And the deer are used to that behavior. I've sat there and thought, you know, Oh, he's walked his dog. My hunt's ruined. No more than 10 minutes after he goes back inside with that dog, the deer pour out of the woods into the field. Like they just watch for him. Mm. As soon as he's done, they come out. <laughs> So that's no big deal, but he walked his dog, um, and on Thursday night, he had his son with him. He's got two young boys and they walked back, you know, and I thought it was just his normal walk, but instead of walk, they usually walk up the field and then back down the field, they stay out of the woods. Well, they turned and went into the woods and, but before they did that, I heard his son say, Hey dad, look. And I couldn't hear specifically what was said, but I'm sitting in a tree dressed in all blaze orange. My assumption was his dad was saying, hey, dad, look, there's someone over there wearing, you know, look, someone hunting. Um, Again, that's an assumption. I don't know. I couldn't hear the whole conversation. But then they proceeded to go into the woods and what sounded like just hit over and over and over with what I, you know, like a stick, like just every tree they walked by, they just clubbed it, make a noise. Yeah. Uh, so I felt like it was intentional trying to, you know, ruin my hunt. They didn't, for whatever reason, they were trying to make noise. Um, uh, from talking to other neighbors around the area, uh, this neighbor was more than likely cutting trees down. I guess that's something he likes to do. (laughs) Um, And he doesn't use a chainsaw. He axes, like cuts trees down with an axe. That's something he enjoys. Lumberjacking. Uh, I don't know why he chooses or chose that time to do it, but it essentially ruined my entire Thursday night hunt. Did not see a single deer. So Wednesday night, not exaggerating, probably 20 different deer. 15 of which I could have shot. Um, Thursday night, zero. Not zero. a single. <laughs> nothing. Oh, man. So now I'm really regret because that was, I didn't have, you know, like Jason, like you said earlier, come home from the cabin. There's a lot of family time that needs to be caught up on. So I didn't yeah. have a ton of hunts on the calendar. My plan was, you know, to hunt basically Wednesday night, if a big, you know, big buck came, shoot it. Otherwise one other hunt. Well, so Thursday ended up basically being my one other hunt in my brain and now it's blown up and ruined. So now I'm upset. Um, so then I figure, well, I know he's a teacher. He works. I'll go out Friday morning. I'll basically upset the wife by hunting one more time Friday morning and see what I can muster up. Now, Friday morning, again, snow's on, so you can see well before shooting light. Um, there was one small doe that walked, after I climbed up in the stand, walked, well, I guess, to back up a little bit. Uh, Wednesday night, I was surrounded in deer, as I said, so then getting out of the tree, I had to sit in the tree like an extra hour just to try and let them move off so I could get out of the tree without giving up that I was in that stand, you know, I didn't want to, Right. yeah. I ended up finally just having to get out of the tree because I wasn't going to sit there all night. And those, there was just so many deer. <laughs> so, um, Thursday, nothing. The neighbor kind of blew that up Friday morning. There was one deer after I climbed up in the stand, it was maybe 10 minutes after I was up there, which was a good hour before shooting light 45 minutes. So I could see it and I could have shot it, but obviously illegal. So did not. And it was a small doe. Um, So I wouldn't have shot it even if it was shooting light. That's the only deer I saw Friday morning. 
Friday night had plans, couldn't hunt. Saturday morning, um, well, early afternoon, late morning was Jason's daughter party. Ella's birthday party. So we did that. That was already on the calendar. No question about that. That's what my plans were Saturday morning. So then Saturday night was like my last ditch effort to get out and try one last time. So at this point I'm shooting a big doe or buck, you know, one of the big bucks. Cause I got, you know, I got to kill something. I haven't killed anything gun season. Can't tell you the last time I haven't shot a deer during gun season. Cause the cabin was a big bust for me. So it was like, I got to shoot something. So Saturday I get up in the tree and I look across the field and I see another hunter that I've never seen hunting before at any other time when I was hunting. I was like, well, it's Saturday night, more people out. I, that's fine. But I took a, you know, took a picture and sent it, uh, to the, my neighbor and said, you know, like this guy seems to be hunting the field edge of the field that no one's allowed to hunt. And I could tell he was facing into the field. So I was more just like, you know, I don't know what his plan is, but hopefully shoot a deer out of this field because that's going to get him in trouble. And would he well, have been shooting like towards you at that point? Uh, yeah. The way that the woods and the field lay out, um, if basically if he was shooting at a deer that came out of that woodlot, which holds the deer, um, if he would have, you know, if the deer would have came out of the woodlot to the right, he would have been shooting at me. If they would have came out of the woodlot, you know, the left side of the woodlot, which would have been away from me, deer, I couldn't even see. Uh, he would have been shooting at someone else's house that they just built, brand new house. So he really didn't have any shot into that field anyhow. He was sitting on the ground, I could tell, so he wasn't elevated. Um, I mean, for him to shoot to me, it would have been a long shot. It was far. I mean, he's four or five hundred yards away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, yet I don't want to make an assumption. I don't know who that person even is or was. But if you're willing to essentially trespass and hunt someone else's property, he may be willing to use a high-powered rifle. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I Right, yeah. So for all I know, he could have been over there with a 30 out six, which definitely could have reached me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I don't want to make that assumption. I don't know. I'm assume, hoping and assuming that that wasn't the case, but, um, well, my picture I took of him, you know, made rounds cause my neighbor is friends. I went to high school, like friends with the guy who his family owns the field. So he sent it over to them and I had just text my neighbor and said, well, the neighbor doesn't seem to be out cutting firewood today so that's good and then no sooner did i send that message he started off on his four-wheeler heading back into the field and i'm like uh spoke too soon and he was pulling a trailer on the back of his four-wheeler and i was like oh i spoke too soon this (laughs) guy and start cutting firewood well he worked his way down and around you know so down the left side of the woodlot, turn the corner or on the back side of the woodlot. And then he was kind of out of my life. I could hear him r- drive his four wheeler, but I couldn't see him anymore. I'm thinking, well, maybe he's going on the far side of the woods over there. And if he goes over there and starts cutting wood, maybe he's going to run the deer out. This could be good. So at this point I'm back to hunting, you know, like this is all right, whatever. If he wants to drive around over there, that's not hurting me. If anything, it'll push him right. my way. Right. Um, and then I caught him driving through the field again, heading right towards this guy that was hunting the field edge. And I was like, oh, OK, well, I guess he's going to go see what's going on and who this guy is and what his plan is. So he went over there and he talked to that guy. I wish I could be a fly on the wall, but he was probably over there for 15 minutes talking to this guy. He, for five minutes, he was talking to him and then he got back on the four wheeler and drove off. It couldn't have been. 10 or 15 yards and then stopped 
and then what looked like again he's you know 500 yards away so i can't see details but looked like he turned around on the four-wheeler like stood up and kind of turned his body around and kept talking to him again for another 10 minutes and then after that the guy in orange got up walked off back towards the road and he drove his four-wheeler back around the woods when he turned the corner by me you know i waved he waved so he knew i was there again um and then he went back inside so that was all good he ran that other hunter off who turns out was fully intending to shoot a deer out of that field um the guy refused to give him his name said he had permission to hunt there and clearly didn't because the guy uh, who went and talked to him is the one who manages the property, like would have been the one to give him permission. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he was sitting on, you know, I don't think he was physically trespassing, but he was like the property he was hunting or sitting on the corner of that property, butted up against the field. And that property he was on is like an acre you know, maybe two acre open, you know, house and yard. There's nowhere to shoot deer on it. <laughs> oh, okay. So his entire intent was to shoot deer out of that field. Um, you know, or, or off someone else's property, you know, assuming the deer went out of the field into the other properties that have woods, but he couldn't sure. have shot deer on his property or whatever property he was sitting on. Um, so we're back in the game now. This all happened, you know, kind of during what I would call the sweet time of the evening. But, you know, it was all wrapped up by 10 till 5. Um, so I'm still high hopes. And again, no sooner did he pretty much pull that four-wheeler back in his garage and the deer started coming out of that woodlot. So there was a good sized doe that worked its way across the field um the wind was in my favor my wind was blowing back into my property basically so that deer worked its way across the field into my woods and then i couldn't see it it was directly behind me at that point uh so i'm trying to turn around and see and i catch a glimpse of movement and it's like all right well i could shoot it if i could see it at this point but just with the snow cover and the, you know, thick brush and trees, I just couldn't make out where the deer actually was. Right. I just would see movement and it's like, well, I think it's right there, but you know, I don't want to move too much. So I'm waiting, waiting. Um, and then it basically worked its way right up under my stand. Um, I mean, I ended up, she ended up coming when I shot, I shot her, she couldn't have been 15, 15 yards from my stand. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I could have shot her with my bow. So the I plan worked out. Yeah. Plan worked out. Perfect. Yeah. I, uh, put the crosshairs on her, shot her, put it on her neck. So I didn't lose any meat or minimal meat and dropped her in right on the trail, which kind of, What's interesting, because there wasn't another deer with her exactly that I saw, um, but after I dropped that deer, I stayed in the stand until last light. You never know what can happen during gun season. Um, but there was a fawn, which is now, you know, not a fawn. It's a first year deer, especially where we hunt. You know, it's corn fed, so it's a good size. I don't want to say it's a good sized deer, but it's not doesn't look like a german shepherd <laughs> you know right. what i mean yeah. um but you could tell it was much smaller than the doe i shot i uh, like i said i dropped that deer right on the trail and that deer would walk it walked right up that same trail to the butt of that deer and it stopped and it kind of stood there and took like half steps it was if i had to explain what i thought was happening it was trying to get that deer to move like go go out in the right. open go out yeah, go yeah. out and eat but it would not walk past that deer because it i guess it was waiting for the more mature deer to say the coast was clear i don't the know it clear, would, yeah yeah it wouldn't go past it 
but a couple mm-hmm. times it would go up to it. It never touched it. It's not like it nudged it, but it would walk right up on the butt of her. And then she would take some steps back and then she'd work her way forward again. And she'd take some steps back. And eventually she ended up working her way back through the woods somewhere else. Hmm. So it was just interesting to watch. We need to pause here briefly to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. Mastin's is a deer scent company and they make a lot of interesting and unique products. Unique, I say, like they've got scented gel crystals, which you can refresh with their liquid scents. They've got their double scent stacker, which is a it basically allows you to layer two scents and it heats the scents to make them more realistic helps the scent carry further and is just a a cool product so things like that if that's something you're interested in if deer scent is is a tool that you use or are interested in using go to mastinsdeersense.com or you can just go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors. There's a link there that takes you to mastinsdeersense.com and you can browse their site, check out some of those products that I mentioned, order right from their site, and they'll ship it right to your house. Now let's get back into the conversation. I think that leads us to to Jeff, right? Jeff, you... Yeah. Were you off the rest of the week, or did you have to work? No. I had to work thursday and friday okay well actually i had a doctor's appointment thursday morning okay. then went in the work then worked you know yeah, yeah rest of the day thursday and friday uh on friday i got off work a little early probably about three fifteen, and i had already warned my wife that like if i get off work early we're going hunting you know, so be ready. Yeah. So, uh, like three fifteen was about as late as I possibly could get off work and still make it out, you know, in time to get get out there and get set down, you know, for that last light deer sure. movement. Yep. So I get home and you know, rush to get, you know, both of us ready because you know, not only do you know, I, I know exactly where my stuff is. You know, I have my stuff laid out. You know, I can be ready in five minutes. You know, my wife, mm-hmm. not so much. <laughs> you know, even though she was well aware, I mean, she was she was fairly prepared. But, you know, there was things that she was like, oh, OK, and then can you just give me this? And it's like, well, yeah, I'd love to, you know have that for you but i don't know where that's at you know i if you would have told me yesterday i could have found it and had it laying out for you right yeah but uh we get out in the woods and uh you know like the trail back i kind of once we get into the real woods i kind of drop my wife off you know her spot is there and then i continue on you know, to the back of our property. So I drop my wife off. I go back to the back of our property. And, uh, you know, we're sitting there for a little bit. And uh, my wife texts me and says, I think I think someone's coming towards me, you know, on our on our property. And I was like, oh, you know, it's the neighbors like, you know, and she said, what, what do I do? And I said, you know, it's the neighbors. Once they see you, they'll turn around and go the other way, you know, or they might walk over and say hi to you. I don't know. But, <laughs> right. you know, don't worry about it because the neighbors, I've I've given them permission to walk on our property, you know, and I try to explain to them, you know, when hunting seasons are, you know, so like don't walk then because I'll be here hunting. Right. Um, but yeah, so the neighbors and their property, their yard, like comes back a lot further. So Amber was only hunting, you know, it was probably a hundred, you know, 75 to a hundred yards from their yard, you know, to where they mow to. 
So they kind of walked out of the back of their yard onto my property. And there's a hill there. So once they came and crested that hill, then they were, you know, maybe 60 yards from Amber. And they, you know, she's sitting there in blaze orange. So they notice her. Right. Yeah. And they turned right back around and went back down and out of the woods. But, you know, Amber was kind of upset because, I mean, one, she hears something coming. So she's getting excited that it's a deer. Right. Yeah. And two, like, basically someone, you know, walked right up on her hunting spot. You know, during gun season, during prime time. But uh, we waited out the rest of, you know, the evening and neither one of us see anything. So, so head this back is Friday and, night, right? This no is Friday action night. Friday night. Yep. Okay. So then Saturday morning, you know, I basically tell Amber, like, you can take the day off hunting. I don't think deer are going to come by that spot in the morning, you know, and you don't need to get up. Like it's fine. We'll hunt the evening. So I get up Saturday morning. I go out. I sit the morning and it was the most boring hunt imaginable gun hunt imaginable. (laughs) You know, it's it's this is Saturday of gun season. And I didn't hear another shot in the woods. Wow. I stayed out till like 10, 10, 15. Didn't hear another shot. You know, didn't see a squirrel. I just sat in dead, silent woods. Yeah. It was very boring. Those are tough <laughs> sits. Yeah. Um, so then on the way back in, I pull the card from the trail camera that's at Amber's spot and, you know, go in, look at the card on the trail camera. And it's like, well, this is, you know, ridiculous because I end up discovering on Friday a bunch of deer came in between like eight and eight thirty. You know, there was a little buck that came in. There was a group of does. Friday morning, you're talking? Yeah, Friday morning. Okay. So while we're working. Yeah. But yeah, Friday morning, uh, a buck comes in, a group of does comes in, and then uh, at three o'clock there was a fawn come through. So it's like, basically, there was deer all over her spot, except for when we were there. Yeah. So then Saturday night, we both go back out. And, you know, we're sitting there. You know, she's in her spot. I'm in mine. I'm sitting there. I hear something behind me. So I, you know turn around and I'm looking I'm sitting down in a valley you know river bottom and I turn around and look behind me and up on the hill uh is something moving you know dark you know moving right right along the ridge and I can't quite make it out so I'm sitting there you know looking and uh you know it walks you know few steps more and i realized oh that's a person wearing <laughs> all black and this is you know probably this is probably 4 415 <clears throat> person in all black is walking you know yeah and they are walking the the property line uh up there and i i'm i i'm not sure who they you know whose property they were on because they were kind of by where a bunch of properties meet okay 
but they kind of walk out the ridge a little bit, turn around, and walk back. But so now it's like, wow, this really sucks. You know, two days in a row, we've had people walk up on us. Yeah. So we finished Saturday's hunt. And, uh, you know, neither one of us see anything. So then Sunday morning, I decide, okay, we're not seeing anything here. I'm going to go to our dad's property and hunt the tree stand there. So I get out there and I get out there a little bit earlier than, you know, I get out probably an hour before sunrise because it's a, it's very much a first light stand. Yeah. You know, it's at, at first light is your best time. And then sometimes you get a little bit of a late morning move. So I'm out there. And I'm basically I'm resting my eyes sitting in the tree stand, resting my eyes. (laughs) And, you know, all of a sudden I see, you know, like I get hit with like bright light, you know, like waking me up. Okay. And it's like, what just happened? You know, like I'm confused. Yeah. Because it's like, what, you know, what is going on? And so I'm kind of looking around and I see someone in a field, you know, this stands like basically on a marsh and diagonally across this marsh, probably close to a thousand yards is another field. And someone's in that field walking with a flashlight. Well, then they kind of turn that flashlight back towards me again or like across the marsh and yeah this guy's walking with like a spotlight oh like at at i don't know what kind of light this guy had but he was lighting you know it was like a searchlight basically (laughs) i mean he was he lit up that hole as as the path of his flashlight went you know, he lit up the whole marsh and then yeah. when he had it over, you know, when it crossed me, like it lit up the whole woods I was in. Yeah. But he, you know, walked on into the woods. And I, you know, later in the day, texted dad like, you know, have you ever experienced that before? And he said, yeah, I don't know what's up with that guy, but he doesn't take a step. He, he you know goes out early but he doesn't take a step in the woods without that bright flashlight on hmm. you know you you can follow him all the way <laughs> you know and there there's no there's no hiding it because it's it's bright so you know he can be deep in the woods and it's like well there he is because yeah you know you can see the light coming right so did you see any deer then uh no I saw no deer, but I had duck hunted this marsh uh, the Sunday before gun season and saw two ducks that that flew over right at first light. Uh, When I was sitting in this stand during gun season, I had ducks fly over like five minutes before first light. And then groups of ducks flying over for like the first two hours of daylight. Of course. Yeah. So it's like (laughs) when I'm duck hunting, I see nothing when I'm deer hunting. I see all kinds of ducks. Yeah. So now it's getting down the crunch time. Sunday, Sunday evening. Yeah, this is it. Last chance. Yeah. So, my wife and I are going back out and we're walking out and, uh, we get to actually, I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of her, you know, maybe 10 yards ahead of her, probably not even, but I get to the spot where I'm going to drop her off at and I get maybe, maybe a step from there 
from the spot I'm going to drop her off at, and I hear something come coming crashing through the woods towards us. Okay. So I look back. I tell her to stop, and then you know here comes deer running right you know right towards us, and uh, I draw up on the first one. And I'm trying to get it to stop, trying to get it to stop. And uh, it swings basically to the point where I have to pull my gun down because it's getting too amber. And, you know, so then I'm looking over my scope and realize, oh, my God, this deer is going to run amber over. (laughs) Like this deer ran five yards from amber really yeah like wow. and it it never stopped well and the only the only time like we really could have had a good shot at it was once it had ran past amber but once it ran past amber then we would have been shooting towards houses right so you know we both swing back over to where the deer are coming from because we know there's more than one and you know we both swing back over and here comes the second deer and that second deer's running amber and i both shoot deer falls down third deer comes so you got one then yeah yeah we got one the third deer comes on that trail and I am able to just stop it. I, you know, I mat at it and it stops. So then I'm telling Amber, shoot it, shoot it. And, you know, like she's, she doesn't shoot and the deer runs off. And that one was a little buck. Okay. You know, so I'm bummed out because it's like, oh, you know. That would have been nice. You know, that little buck would have been nice for Amber to have shot. Yeah. So, you know, then now all the deer are gone. And, you know, Amber's like, did I, did I shoot that deer? And it's like, because that's turned, you know, come to find out she didn't shoot the the buck because she's like, I shot this other deer. And basically I'm thinking I shot the other deer. Oh, right. But, you know, she says, did I shoot that deer? And it's like, I don't know, maybe, I guess. You know, I didn't even realize that you had shot, really. You know, because my gun's a big boom. Right. You know, so it's like, I I don't know. But we walk over there and there's a hole through the neck. And, uh. The hole through the neck looked smaller than forty-five seventy, so it's like, sure, you shot that deer. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know who shot it. Yeah. And well, and come to find out, it was a good thing because neither one of us identified that the deer we did shoot as a buck. It turned out it was a little buck. Oh. And I mean, we. Neither one of, you know, we both thought it was a doe. Yeah. And we walked up to it and it was a buck. So oh, that's cool. So then I, you know, tell Amber, check this deer in and go stand on your tree. And, you know, I'm going to go back and hunt. You know, we're going to hunt like normal and hopefully we'll get a second one. So. I decide I'm going to hunt a little bit of a different place. You know, I'm going to hunt basically instead of hunting on my right property line, I'm going to hunt on my left property line. So it's only about a hundred yards, you know, from one side to the other. Sure. Okay. You know, it's not, not very far at all. Probably not even a hundred, but I'm going to hunt on the other side. So I'm, hunting there and it's getting late because that was another thing that kind of bummed me out was by friday all the snow had melted so 
really that was cutting our hunting short by like 15 minutes. Right. You know, in the woods, the, the last 15 minutes of legal shooting light, you really couldn't see. Yeah. So it's getting close to five o'clock and it's like, you know, this is things are winding down now. And, uh, you know, so I'm basically kind of look, you know, doing my last looks and here comes a doe, you know, basically running through the woods. And this doe is my property has a creek that comes through it and basically makes a horseshoe. So this deer is on the inside of the horseshoe. So I see the deer clearly, you know, in one place, but it's not on my property, you know, so I have an open shot there, but it's not on my property. So I have to wait and it is moving slow, you know, to come onto my property. Like it's just slowly moving and it's getting darker and darker. So it finally, you know, I'm looking at it through the scope and it, gets on my property and gets out in the open and I pull the trigger, you know, and it's like, kind of, it was like, cool. But then I realized, oh no, that deer's running, like running off running. Oh. And it, you know, books and it's like, well, it's heading towards where Amber will be, you know, where Amber is. So it's like, okay, maybe it'll run to her. And, uh, you know, so then I'm kind of trying to look and it's dark. You know, it's still probably 15, 20 minutes illegal shooting light, but it's hard to see through the woods. And then all of a sudden I see movement somewhere else, like in that horseshoe. And I pull the gun up and basically all I see is a deer step behind a tree so i move the gun over to catch it when it comes out from behind that tree well i never catch it come out from behind that tree so it's like ah you know i don't know yeah i gotta go down and look for blood and i want to do this before it gets too dark to shoot because if i come into that horseshoe on this side it'll run out the other side to amber yeah so i go over and i'm looking for blood and i get to the spot where i you know i think i shot at and sure enough there's blood but there's blood and then like stomach matter you know there's white hair blood and stomach matter oh okay so it's like, oh, this is probably bad. So I'm kind of fall, you know, trying to see if I can follow any blood trail. And I can't. I can't find any blood trail. So I say, okay, well, I'm going to walk over to where I thought I, you know, where I saw that other deer and see if it was the same deer. And it's, you know, well, when I get close to that, I have a pretty good blood trail going and it's like well this is right about where i saw that last you know that deer so then i go to reach in my backpack to get my real flashlight you know because it's like you know this deer might be bedded down here might be dead here yeah you know i don't know well as i'm taking off my book bag up jumps this deer 15 yards from me and runs and splashes across the creek and you know up up the ravine and i walked over to where it was bedded down and there really wasn't a ton of blood where it was bedded down so it's like oh you know i don't know but i go back up to the house i get amber's deer and i go get the cart i get amber's deer loaded on the cart and then I walk back with a even better flashlight to try to find this deer. 
well, once, you know, I knew right where it crossed the creek. Uh-huh. And on the other side of the creek, there wasn't a drop of blood. Yeah. So I think what happened was I misjudged the distance, you know, because basically because I was looking at it in a scope, I I misjudged the distance. And, right. you know, I thought that deer was at 100 yards and it was probably at 150 yards and I shot low. Okay. And, you know, low and back and just grazed its stomach. You know, because if you, because that's the hair that, you know, is white hair. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you hit low in that stomach area, that's exactly what's inside there is the stomach. So I think I grazed its stomach and, you know, knocked some hair off, shot its stomach. But it, you know, just by bedding down for that short period of time had plotted itself back up. Hmm. So I Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. I mean I I screwed up, you know. I was thinking in my head, you know, like, oh, this is awesome, you know, we're gonna get two deer. Yeah. We can you know, we can do all this in bulk, basically. Right. You know, we don't need to get everything out twice, like we're gonna have two deer. We can do this like an assembly line, you know, it's gonna be great. And I screwed up my shot so did you go back out today to look at all check yeah, the water I, I happened to get off uh a little bit early and i just went back out in daylight to check and there there was nothing you know it it has to clear a pretty big open woods section to really get to any cover once it had crossed that creek Mm-hmm. And there was no no blood, no deer in those open woods. So I think once once I jumped it up, it it was gone. You know, it it ran for the long haul. Right. So well it stinks, coyote. but it's coyote food now. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Because it'll, yeah, well, if you, I mean, if you hit it in the stomach, it'll die. It'll get septic and die. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I've I've seen deer live for with some pretty crazy stuff. So who knows? Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. But kind of the funny thing is, it it bedded down like within a short distance of a suspected coyote's den that I have. And, you know, had it bedded down and died there, you know, basically it would have been right on the coyote's front doorstep, <laughs> you know, had I not found it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was pretty convinced that I had missed, you know, you don't shoot a deer with a forty-five seventy and it run off like that, basically. Right. right. But. I went over there and checked, and sure enough, sure there was there. blood. So, so what I'm hearing, Jeff, is you need to hit the range. I mean, your wife, sharpshoot, sharpshooter, hit one run, and you missed. And then you missed again. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't miss the second time. I hit the target. I just didn't hit the target very well. And yeah, it's wow. definitely, I mean, you know how the beginning of the season went with uh, a lot of slipping yeah. and falling. So it's definitely it possible off. that my scope's not, you know, got knocked off. Yeah, that's definitely possible. So if I go out for extended gun, I will definitely be checking my zero on that gun. Yeah. So that's... uh basically how the second half of gun season went so a little jake and jeff got into some deer and we didn't (laughs) we didn't end gun season getting you know completely skunked so that's a that's a good thing well and if anybody cares for an update for the second half of the week down at the cabin our dad stays the whole week down there and they did end up as the conditions improved 
they did end up getting into more deer and they yeah. uh, were able to get a couple more. The, the group down there was able to get a couple more. So, yeah, we weren't totally bull crapping it when we said the conditions were terrible. <laughs> they got better. It did get yeah. better down there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I usually the bulk of our harvest down there is the first two days of season. I think they well outpaced the first two days of the season, the second half of the week. Yeah. So, which is odd. You know, I don't, I, it's probably never happened before. Yeah. So, hopefully, uh, you all had a good gun season as well. And if you didn't, like, like we were mentioning, you still got plenty of archery season left and extended gun coming up and muzzleloader in January. So still a lot of opportunity to uh, fill the freezer. So with that, I think we'll shut it off and talk to everybody next week. So that's it for this week. Hopefully you guys had a good gun season a safe gun season hopefully you got some deer in the freezer and and were able to spend some time with your friends and family i know that's a big part of of deer season for us or gun season for us is just that camaraderie that deer camp uh atmosphere so getting to see you know guys that you maybe haven't seen all year so hopefully that was uh, a good time for you a restful time for you and now we're going to move into Christmas. We've got extended gun. Uh, I think extended gun will be over by the time you guys hear this, but still got a lot of bow season left and muzzleloader coming up. So if you didn't get a deer, there's still lots of time to, to make that happen. And, uh, or maybe you're looking to get one more to top the freezer off for the year, whatever it is. Hopefully you guys are, are enjoying your time this fall sticking it out and uh enjoying the season with that i'm gonna shut the mic off here and we'll talk to you next week thanks for listening mm-hmm.